0: Hello and welcome to Create Conversation. I'm Tobias Lever. Each episode features a conversation with successful creative minds from all areas of the industry. We'll be discussing their experiences and their work. I hope their advice will help to both inspire and encourage you to take the leap and make a career from being creative. For episode four, I'm very excited to have Gurley on. Gurley has been redefining pop music from an early age. Her music is a unique combination of unashamedly catchy pop writing, with lyrics that tackle a wide range of topics such as sexism, gender identity and mental health. The Guardian described her sound as veering between PC music, bubblegum pop, punk and rap, treading a line between catchy and deliberately discomforting. We spoke on the phone about her early days playing open mic nights, writing pop bangers, Representation within the music industry, and her upcoming music following the release of her debut album "Odd One Out" in 2019. Enjoy. So, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing good. How are you?
0: Yeah, yeah, very good. Thank you. Um, I want to start by going back to school, if that's all right.
1: Oh, yay! Fun. So, you
0: you grew up in North London, right?
1: I did, yeah. I grew up in uh, West Hampstead, which is northwest London, kind of went to school in Cricklewood, which is near Kilburn. Uh, Very unassuming, just, you know, West Hampstead is just a pretty boring area. No offence to West Hampstead, but, uh, you know, for a teenager, someone growing up, it's like, cool, lots of mums around and, you know,
0: coffee shops. I guess (laughs) being in London, there was... Lots of like exciting gigs you could go to from, from like your early teens.
1: Definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it's not like I was in a, a little village that, you know, was far from the big city. It was like, I just got on the train or the tube or the bus and you're in London. So that was really cool. Um, and, you know, I, I think I had a had a really lovely childhood um, and then my school life I hated school, <laughs> probably because it was such a shock kind of going into I was always I was I definitely remember being picked on in primary school, but it was going into secondary school, it was just so far more like, you know, I was quite um vulnerable. And I was like outspoken, but also super sensitive. And so I was just kind of a perfect candidate for someone to kind of pick on at high school, in high school. And so that, for me, that's kind of why I didn't like school, because that was just, that's like a feeding ground for (laughs) for bullies and people who just want to make your life hell. Um, But I think in a way that's what made me want to do music, because I was like, I need an escape from this, because, you know, I was really academic and I loved studying um and i love learning stuff but i think i was like oh i need something that i can like doesn't have anything to do with school
0: yeah so it was kind of like a separate world for you music at that point
1: yeah totally because also when i started going to gigs um that was like such a release such a freedom like me and my best friend at the time in school you know we were like i guess 14 we'd go so to- see Arctic Monkeys play or like go to some festival or like, I just really remember vividly us queuing up really early to see loads of different shows. And like now I'll rock up to a show when the doors open. But at that time I was like, I am going at 6am. This is my religion, you know? Um, But it, it was, it just was something of an escape and something that belonged to me. Or you know us rather than anyone. Yeah. At, at school, it was something to do in the outside world. You know, different community, and you'd meet people in the crowds, and it was it was way more fun.
0: And you were in a band, is that right? At some point.
1: <laughs> yes, I was. I was in so a.
0: That was that was your first kind of musical expression. Yourself was it?
1: So, yeah, I mean, I'd been like I always loved performing so I was and my parents were both actors so I kind of had the idea of performing and that being a job wasn't something that was too um, far-fetched for me because I kind of had the example right there so I used to do a lot of like theatre school kind of things on the weekend or you know I did this thing called Stagecoach. so I, I did sing a lot and I did some kind of musical theatre stuff and then I performed but was in choirs in, at school, you know. But yeah, the first kind of me creating music and putting it out was, was my band, which was tragic. It was hilarious. I look back now and I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I also really respect myself for going for it. I was like 15, started, I went on joinmyband.com. Yes, that is a thing. And um, <laughs> found, somehow found you know, normal, great musicians. I'm sure there are a lot of dodgy people on there too. Um, And yeah, I found these three girls. It was quite weird because actually at first I found this girl who had a casting call For a Band and she was like 15 as well. And her dad was this weird, I guess like dadager, you know, (laughs) like trying to be trying to be the manager. And he, I think he was just trying to live out his own dream of trying to be a rock star by like trying to make his daughter one. So I swiftly left that band because that was bizarre. It was like, you know, you have to practice every day and you're not putting in enough effort. I was like, okay, look, I mean, this is kind of wild. Um, and the dad was always like in the room while we were writing. And I think one time I think one time I said, Why are you here? And then
0: <laughs>
1: he, got really, he got really pissed off. So that was weird. That was the first kind of version of the band. But then the second version, we kicked kicked that girl out and um and her dad. We <laughs> got a couple other people. But it was it was so fun. We were called Ask Martin. I still to this day, really don't know why we thought that was a cool name. Um, but yeah, we just made like we just jammed, made like indie strange little songs and then just performed relentlessly. Like tried to do like pub gigs and anything. My mom bought me a fake ID. <laughs> oh, really? I said to her like, yeah, I was 15 and the other girls were 18. And like, you're not allowed to do like pub shows if you're underage. Mm. So I was just like, in case they ever ask, which no one ever did ask because promoters don't really care. But um, yeah, I said to my mom, like, please, I need a fake ID to play shows and she was like, okay. And so she bought me this like <laughs> legal, like, but like so not convincing fake ID. And I never needed, needed to use it for a show. I did use it to get into a lot of places. Though.
0: <laughs> but um, so from, from those days of playing in, in these bands and pubs and that kind of thing, I, I imagine it would have taken quite a lot of confidence to then go, actually, I'm just going to do this myself. I'm just going to go ahead and do my thing. But How did that come about?
1: Yeah, it was definitely scarier doing it by myself. But I think the main thing for me was I was in this band and I'm just a control freak. Like, I, like, wasn't, I don't know, I need to, especially creatively, I need to make, you know, decisions myself, which ironically I then ended up, I think, being in a a record deal, which didn't even allow me to be myself, which is funny looking back on it now, because only now am I really beginning to feel like I've got control back. And actually the the closest I kind of have felt to that was when I first left the band or just decided to do it myself because I thought, you know what, I can't be waiting on, I'm so impatient as well. And I can't be waiting on, you know, Rehearsing once a week is so and so. You know, we need to figure out what time we're free, and then can't do that gig because everyone, not everyone's around, or that person's mom has to drive them. I just thought if I do it myself, then the only person who's going to make the decisions is me. So that was kind of the main thing, and that kind of over overrode the fear of doing it yeah it was scary I, I went and did, you know I do like pub shows and I just like on my own <laughs> just rock up and yeah that was terrifying and I do that like four times a week <laughs> yeah that's Which, crazy. looking back I'm like wow that is really scary but I do think it developed me as a performer
0: yeah looking back now and in, in those days like after you decided to go for it on your own is there like a point looking back where you can think, okay, like that that really was starting to work at that point and it was really sort of taking off and getting somewhere?
1: I think I just started to realise that every open mic I played or every little show I played, um, people would come up to me afterwards and say, that was so cool, you know, you had so much energy, you know, you're you're different. And then I started having a few managers or people kind of say oh this is cool and then I signed my publishing deal really out of the blue like I met this manager who was kind of an amateur like he wasn't really my manager but he kind of helped me a bit and he connected me with Sony ETV, which is this massive publishing company and they heard one of my songs and then invited me to their big offices and that was bizarre because it was like oh wow like this is actually working like people actually like what I'm doing um because you never really quite know even now you know
0: so I want to talk for a bit about writing and Hmm. from from like early on I would say your writing has been like very straight up talking about like gender (laughs) and societal pressures and sexuality and things like that I think these are things that take quite a lot of confidence sometimes to speak on as well, and you and you've always just seems to have a have like a real knack for just just really freely being able to talk.
1: Oh, thanks. <laughs>
0: and and put and, and put these kind of ideas across in a really amazing way. So how? Oh, thank you. Is that always something that's just come completely naturally to you? Would you say?
1: I think, um, like the thing that I loved before I started doing music was I loved writing short stories and um I love debating as well I was on like debate society so I think I kind of I've always loved words and then lyrics are kind of one of the biggest things for me but then also I just I was just very politically minded I guess when I started and still am Um, it's funny because I look back at a lot of my earlier songs and I think now because actually you know even if you're you know, I don't know how to say this correctly, but, you know, even if you're a moral person or you're someone who's really politically aware or engaged, you're always learning and and maturing in how you express those things too. Um, and so for me, I, yeah, I, I look back and I'm really proud that I've always been political and, you know, spoke on my mind. But it's also interesting because when I listen back to some songs, I'm like, hmm. Now I would probably express that in a slightly different way, or I'd word that differently, or I'd, you know, but it is interesting because a lot of my first songs when I came out with them, um, people, a lot of the reaction from the press or certain people online was so like, oh, who is this annoying whiny brat girl? She's so annoying, um, and it's bizarre because there was so I remember there were so many other. Not so many, but there were a few other artists doing kind of similar things, but they were male. And I just thought, no one's calling him whiny or annoying, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? And it is weird how I think as a a woman, especially, or, you know, woman writing or kind of expressing things, it's almost people will extra analyze how you say things,
0: Mm -hmm. which I always thought was... Not fair. <laughs> yeah. So from from like your experience of like you know being in in bands and stuff and that more kind of alternative background when when did you realize that you could write real pop bangers?
1: <laughs> um
0: cuz that that's a whole other skill I as think, well, isn't it? Uh,
1: I think I started getting really into pop because w- when when I set up my first band it was all about like wanting to be, you know, cool and indie and like kind of left field and um I think I was a bit of a pop hater in a way not not a pop hater but I was definitely like pop come on even though I listened to it I was like yeah but I don't want to do that with my band and then when I was like 16 17 I just my mind completely changed I started listening to loads of pop music and then I wrote a song um called handbrake that's never come out probably never will but it was one of my early songs that I would play at open mics and it was like really poppy and I remember the producer who I'd made it with had put auto-tune on my voice which I wasn't really into at the time um but I was like hmm, and I was like wow okay I can sing pop songs so that was probably the first
0: yeah well you've got plenty now
1: (laughs) plenty more to come as well
0: very very good (laughs) Um, so I've been to a few of your shows and the energy is quite amazing and your, <laughs> your stage presence. I was wondering if that's something you feel has really come with, with all your experience or is that something that's just like, just you or what, what would you say about that?
1: I think it's, it's definitely come with experience. Yeah, for sure. I think all of the open mics that I used to do, like where it would just be like three people. Staring at me, being like, "Who is this?" <laughs> um, in a pub in East London somewhere. I think a lot, a lot of that made me definitely a better performer. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it also. I think a part because a part of my performance is I kind of want to not necessarily shock people, but I, I do want. I'm very high energy, and I do want to express myself in a way that I think people don't really expect or necessarily want a woman to express herself on stage you know it's that kind of like sweaty angry jumping around letting loose kind of vibe that I love doing on stage and I love crowd surfing and I love getting into the crowd and Stage invasions. I think also all the things I love from the shows that I used to go to, and I was young. I'm like, "Yeah, I want to do that." Um, mm-hmm. But I think also that came from school and feeling like in school, I wasn't, I couldn't be who I wanted to be, and I just wanted to like scream and be like, ah! and it was so, it felt so kind of oppressive because people were so judgmental. So I think my stage performance is actually weirdly linked back to school a lot of the time and how yeah. like it was me just leaving school leaving all these people behind who had made me feel so low about myself and so kind of suffocated and then just going the complete opposite way being like fine or well, I'm going to I'm going to be you know even more outrageous
0: and also at your shows you sort of create an amazing atmosphere where like your your fans are like super expressive and you sort of create this very like open and safe space for your fans, and it feels like that's very important to
1: you, yeah, it's super important to me, I think um yeah, and i and I want to continue to, and I want to improve you know the, the, the safe spaces of my shows as well um, you know, and continue to improve them and so so that everyone really feels, feels safe because um. I think if anyone's, you know, I remember going to shows when I was a kid and it was just the place where you could just be and free of anything else and you could just be yourself. But I've also been to shows where I've been, you know, sexually harassed and and I've also had really unpleasant experiences at shows and I never want that to ever happen at one of my shows. And, um, you know, I'd hope that the people who listen to my music and, because of the messages I pervade do not like that, but you never know what people think it's okay to do. So I always brief security and, and try make sure I always do a speech about it in the show. And I always have um, gender fluid bathrooms and just little things like that. Um, but yeah, I want to carry on like when shows start up again, I really want to kind of ask my fans what are other ways you think I could make my shows even safer. Um, mm. It's so important to me.
0: And you've been doing a really good job of staying connected with your fans throughout lockdown through like Instagram and doing all kinds of stuff. How, how have you found that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've found it really fun actually. Um, I remember like the first week of lockdown, I was like, Oh, let me just do a live stream show. And then it just went down so well and people were so, you know, so nice about it. The feedback was so great. So I was like, Oh, I'm going to keep doing this every weekend. And so I've kept it up and, you know done a lot of fundraisers done a lot of like open mics open mics have been so fun done open mics for fans and they can come play and um did a really amazing open mic that actually was so inspiring after the death of george floyd i was like okay i want to use my platform to amplify black artists and so we did an open mic where it was just black and poc artists and that was incredible we had like this amazing woman was pole dancing uh, it was just the coolest open mic ever. Cause it wasn't just music. It was like all kinds of things. Someone did spoken word. It was really cool. Um, and then uh, yeah, I've done, done a lot of live stream shows like me performing and then done, um, special guests all that. So I've done karaoke. I've just trying to, I've been trying to like mix it up really. <laughs> and it's yeah. keeps me entertained as well as, as other people, I think. Um, so yeah, it's been fun.
0: Yeah, I know you've been been smashing it with all that. <laughs> so, from like your um your early days within the music industry, I've I've heard you speak about um how you'd find in like maybe in like label offices or in certain environments people would maybe comment on things that maybe they wouldn't if you were a guy. Mm. And I, I was wondering since that point of when you were like starting out do you do you feel like anything has changed for the better
1: I think yes and no I think for me yes because I've um kind of I've I've completely changed my team now and so the team around me now is actually mostly women um and uh, yeah, women and women and non-binary people make up most of my team now, which I think um, makes a huge difference. As being a female artist, I think that things, the music industry, definitely in the last five years from when I started being in the industry, I guess, I definitely think it has improved. I think there's a lot more strong. Um, female artists and, you know, who are kind of paving the way for themselves and making their own rules. And I think that's definitely happening. But, you know, I still think the majority of people in power in the music industry, people, CEOs and people in board meetings are still um, older, middle-aged white men. And that's fine for them to be there, but they can't make up all of these meetings, it has to be more diverse. And there need to be more women. There need to be more people of color. There need to be more, um, non-binary gender fluid people just, you know, music is such a, and the audiences, people who listen to music is everyone, you know, and so Mm. you, you've got to have that represented in record labels and publishing companies and la, 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 and, um, and, you know, I think that's a big thing as well. People will say, Oh. But look, there's way more artists. Um, you know, there's way more LGBTQ artists. There's way more female artists. There's way more artists of color who are big right now. And that's so true. And that's where it's really kind of not necessarily changing, but that's where it's really great. But then you look at their teams and it's still all middle-aged white men. It's like, you know, the the industry side has to represent that too. And it has to be a mix. And um, mm. so I, I think... Once that starts changing, then things change in terms of how artists are treated. You know, I mean, for me, having a team of mostly women has just completely changed the way I feel valued and represented, and also the way, like, you know, I, and and you know, I, I I work with a lot of amazing men, um, but I just think, like I said, when it's all one kind of person. You don't get that. You don't get a varied. You know that you need diversity. You need it, um, mm. and that's so important. As, you know for the artist experience too, and for me, it has really changed since I since my team changed and became more diverse and you know gen gender mixed, yeah, mixed gender because now it's like ah, oh, I feel listened to instead of. I don't know, spoken, spoken down to in a way.
0: Mm -hmm. Would you say in your mind for people like outside of the music industry, like for just music fans, do you think there's anything they can do to help sort of progress these, these changes within the music industry?
1: I mean, I think if music fans, um, the thing that we need is we need more people in the industry from, from all kinds of backgrounds or, you know, all genders. And so, you know, if music fans are love music, I'd love for more people to think, hey, maybe I can be in the music industry and not see it as this thing that's so far away, you know. Um, it would be amazing to have that represented because, you know, the music industry should be made up of music fans, you know, and it mostly is, most people who go into it do it do that because they're music fans but that'll be really cool and as well as that i think i think music fans you know i think it's just calling for labels and publishers and you know, these kind of companies and calling for them to to look at who works for them and look at how they're representing everyone equally and um and you know calling calling people out in that way
0: yeah so Back to your music. By 2019, you'd released a bunch of EPs and singles, and then the album was the next thing. (laughs) Yeah. Was that like a daunting thing for you or just pure excitement? How did you feel about the release of that?
1: Yeah, it was really daunting. The release of that album came at a really tough time in my life Um, and it was very strange because I felt just a lot of pressure I didn't feel like that album like I love those songs on that album so much but I feel like the whole everything around it all the videos the artwork the kind of artistic identity my tour it all didn't really feel like me and so it kind of felt like I didn't fully believe in that project and when you're putting something out that you're like you don't fully believe in and you know I love that album I'm so proud of it and I do love the songs on there but I'm far more excited to release the music that I've got coming next because it's like I am controlling everything about it it's like I am commissioning the artwork like a friend of mine's making the artwork the videos I'm having friends direct and I'm directing and you know I'm sp- I, it's completely my it come from my brainchild, you know. And the songs are all songs that I think my old label would have, and some of them they actually did would have been like, oh, I'm not sure about this one. And you know, I feel like they've just been embraced as like, yeah, these are weird, these are different. fuck yeah, like so. I think um, that album it has a, a lot of bittersweet memories because I I adore that album and it'll always be my debut album. You know, always be the first big project I put out and I'm so proud and also fans love it and like those songs are like a diary entry of what was going on in my life at that time um but I think yeah I think when I look back it's actually it was quite a difficult time um for me personally um because then also shortly after that a lot kind of fell apart in my life really And you know it had to happen because you know sometimes things got to fall apart for them to be built back up but you know Mm -hmm. I got dropped and my relationship ended and so kind of a lot of things um happened so I wasn't really able to even process kind of that album really coming out because it was like my life is a train crash right now yeah so I'm in a a much better place than I was when the album came out and now I'm able to really appreciate it
0: yeah you're putting out a a film right to do to do with kind of moving on from odd one out
1: yeah yeah i'm putting out a a short film a little horror film and he's with my friends um which is called girly in the return of the odd one out and it's basically about yeah kind of putting odd one out to bed in a way obviously it's, it's not like I'm taking it off Spotify or anything. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Like it's but, still
1: there. Um, but I think for me, it's like, because I know in, in about a month or two, I'm releasing new music and it does feel like a completely new chapter. So I wanted to make something that was, you know, and we made this way before lockdown. And then I thought, hey, I want to put it out now. Um, and my friend Max, who I made it with, is brilliant. And he edited it so brilliantly. And there was such a great team on it. And for a while, I actually didn't really know what I was going to use it for. Mm. The footage because it was just kind of this horror film kind of thing, and then we were like, oh, actually, let's use this as a way to say goodbye to odd or now because there's also a lot of imagery in there that kind of signposts to being controlled by a record label. Oh, <laughs> and all really? this stuff. It's like, yeah, like it's um, it's. I mean, we to be honest, we made it for fun, but it ended up having a slight, slight, you know, statement in it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to see it. That that will be out by the time this is released. I think
1: amazing yeah, so people on, should go and, go and
0: go and have a look at that yeah um so it's exciting to hear that you're putting out some more music soon
1: yes i'm so excited
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's really cool and so what is is that like a single what what's the plan any any exclusive you can give
1: yeah so i have an ep is finished um and yeah, the first single will be coming out hopefully in August, and then there'll be two other singles, two other songs, and then and then the EP will drop, and there'll be videos for all of them hopefully. And oh, amazing! Yeah, I'm really really excited. It's it's, it's like next next step,
0: so I'm super hyped. Yeah, yeah. So to to wrap up, yeah, um, I want to ask you for like young musicians or people starting out, what would you say? You know.
1: Hmm. I would say, um, don't 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 stress. Like, don't stress over it. Enjoy it, because I definitely lost that for a bit because I was so stressed about being successful and and being a hit or getting this person to like my music or this person la la la. And I think actually, you just gotta enjoy the process and and make music that you love and put it out there and play shows and have fun. And, you know, see it as like a lifestyle rather than, you know, a job (laughs) and, um, and make stuff, make focus on making great music and people will notice and be authentic to yourself. Don't try be like anyone else. Just be you.
0: So that was episode four of Create Conversation. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Girly. You can find her on Instagram at Girly Music and listen to her music in all the usual places. I'll be chatting to loads more amazing creative people soon. So please do subscribe and follow us on Instagram at create underscore convo. And thank you for tuning in.